0: So, Berto, have you heard about Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos? Theranos? I hardly knew her. I don't get that joke.
1: <laughs> well, you know you know, how people say, like, it's, it's a joke, right? It's a joke pattern. Uh, you say something like, uh, helper. St- no, not helper. Striker. Striker? I hardly knew her. You know, stuff like that. But, no, it, it's a non sequitur. I, I have, yes. I have been sort of following the, the story over the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, so I thought we would talk about, a lot of people are asking us to talk about Elizabeth Holmes, yeah. what sort of diagnosis she has, and so I thought in this episode we would go into that. What do you say? Let's do it. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I'm a therapist and a professor. My name is Umberto Casagna. I do DNA analysis. No, you don't. So I just remember hearing about this story over the years, because it's been going on for over 10 years. And, but I remember hearing about it probably eight or nine years ago, or something. Maybe, maybe sooner. I listened to podcasts about science, and if I m- remember right, they were talking about this claim that this company had this device that could. Uh, to me, the way I had visioned it in my head was that it was like an iPhone size. Right. It's actually a, like a printer size, but or a you know desktop computer kind of size. Yeah. But I thought it was like this small little thing, like with one computer chip, it would read your blood. Yeah, like a portable thing that you could always have right. updated and
1: <clears throat> it would update via Wi-Fi or whatever.
0: Yeah. And I remember thinking like, well, that's interesting, but it doesn't really apply to my life because I'm not at that age or in that situation where I need a lot of blood draws. So yeah. I was like, well, that's kind of interesting and i guess I guess we're we're heading in that direction, right because yeah. of course, as technology becomes better, of course that 's eventually going to be a product and i that 's interesting that they figured out a way to do it, right, but I also remember thinking like, well, I am aware enough of these kinds of news re- news releases from startups and yeah. other kinds of research facilities to know that. A, a lot of these claims are bullshit because they're only trying to get investors. So I also remember thinking like, well, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. And and so uh, what do you remember about it? Uh, so
1: I, I hadn't heard of a scandal first. Like you, I heard the company, I heard the company name, I heard it was the hot darling of of the startup world. And But the thing that was odd is I had had... Uh, blood drawn for a full battery of tests before and not too long before this kind of came out. Double A battery? Double A battery.
0: That was a um, Umberto joke right there.
1: (laughs) A whole double A battery of tests. Good one, good one, Umberto. I mean, um, but so I was aware of, first of all, the cost. So I I think my insurance paid luckily but the cost was like $3,000. Oh my God. Because it got sent to this company in the East Coast. It took like a month to get the results back. And it was like this comprehensive stuff and all these things. And I talked to the doctor. I'm like, well, first of all, why do you have to draw so much blood? And why is it so expensive, all these things? And she gave me a pretty lengthy explanation without her, you know, she didn't know all the little details about it, but she knew enough. And so having gone through that, I was, yeah, I was definitely skeptical. I'm like, wait a minute. You don't go from what I just used, just like, you know, a year ago, to in the same Year or the next year, ten massive improvements across the
0: board that would take decades. You know, really, you were skeptical. I was skeptical, and and again because because that's surprising. I just have to say because in other instances you seem to be more ready to believe the progression of technology when it comes to
1: software. Yeah, uh, when it comes to software. So, for example, if what they were saying was, look we have new software mechanisms to analyze the blood in Ooh. in more efficient ways or if they said we use machine learning sure absolutely no absolutely which they do right like, not they but like now machine learning is used for analysis but the 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 thing that was uncre- incredible was that they could do so much with so little blood Okay. And, and also the size of the machinery involved and the length of time and all that stuff. Yeah. Because like when you send the blood, these big, uh, in my case, they took two big vials of blood. They go out to these labs. They separate it. They have to do all the little s- centrifuges on all these things. They put all these separate little samples and it's a big involved process. So I was just like, you know, granted, to be fair, my my reaction was a mix of, that sounds really weird. Also mixed with by you know technology these days but but it was really more if, it, if we were like 6040 it was 60 on the I don't buy it.
0: Oh really interesting. Yeah. yeah, so if you haven't learned if you don't know who Elizabeth Holmes is, uh she's in the news lately for a number of reasons that will become clear. If you, I most of my knowledge about this case comes from a podcast by ABC Nightline called The Dropout. It's a it's a pretty good it's a really good podcast hmm. and it's pretty short. It's only like I would think it's like maybe seven hours long. Or and it's something. all about this. It's all about oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> called it because she was a dropout from Stanford, yeah, yeah, yeah. and wow. and it just it just was published like okay. uh, a month ago or something. So it's pretty up to date.
1: Because my my knowledge comes from YouTube videos about the topic, many different ones, but not I haven't seen that one that podcast.
0: Yeah. So just a brief synopsis of her story. At nineteen. In 2003, so she's a millennial, I think, or whatever generation that is. Uh, at 19, 2003, she, she goes to Stanford. She drops out uh, to, to start a startup. And she you know, is a smart person. Uh, apparently in high school, she stuck to herself a lot. She seemed very dedicated. She didn't have right. a lot of friends. And she starts a startup. And her whole thing is she wants to start an Apple like company like Apple right. like built like uh Steve. Steve Jobs, and she wants to make a device that tests blood. Yeah, she wants to make a a device that even looks like an Apple product. And
1: she she was uh, on a trip where she saw all these problems that they have, uh, you know, getting accurate blood results and all these things. I forget what it was, it was an international trip, and she saw, like, all these problems. And on the, f- uh, I guess on the flight back or the day after she got back, she stayed up, like, two days in a row diagramming a, a patent idea.
0: Interesting. So this device is about the size of a printer, and you it just takes uh, a single drop of blood. You know, you put your thumb on it, and it, yeah. it draws. It just sticks you real quick and takes a little bit of blood. And it claimed that it would... Uh, perform like 30 different tests or upwards into the hundreds of of tests. Like it would test for diabetes. It would test for cancer antigens. It would test for glucose levels. It would test for uh, oxygen levels and, you know, other kinds of problems in, you know, all the different things that we have that we can do was all into one tiny little device. And as opposed to, as you say, giving a number of vials of blood at a clinic that has to be drawn by a phlebotomist or a tech and has to be sent all over the country, it, yeah. would, it would do everything right there with right. A, with just a single drop of blood. And she talks about in her TED talk about how it would just completely revolutionize medicine. There would there wouldn't be a need to go to the hospital. You you could do it in ro- remote places like all over the world. Yeah, you could do it on the battlefield you could do it at home just to kind of make sure her whole thing was she wanted people to know risks right away instead of having to wait for an appointment and all that stuff. And I, I liken
1: it to, Oh, I should clarify one thing. When I say that, when I heard about this first, I was like, yeah, I don't buy it. It wasn't like, Oh, I believe there's fraud going on here because honestly in the software world, there are vaporware startups all the time. And I used to, uh you know I used to work before I worked on DNA analysis I used to work you know trying to evaluate companies that had potential ideas that we would pay money for uh in the world of software
0: and like oftentimes they were full of shit right and we'll get into that in a in a bit so okay so that's where your head was yeah
1: so my head was like I I guess I I didn't realize that the scale of this and all that stuff. So in my head, it's like, yeah, that sounds unbelievable. But I wasn't like, Oh my God, I bet
0: you this is going to be the biggest scandal in, in Silicon Valley or something. You know, (laughs) another thing that she said this would do would be lower costs and it would save lives. She, you know, that, that was her big thing. It was called a disruptive technology or disruptive, you know, thing. And which I, I know this is an old thing to say, but I hate that term. It's not fucking disruptive. It's a product that you're trying to sell because you want to make money. It's disrupting everything. It's not... And plus, like, isn't disruption a bad thing? Like, you're being a dick. Like, disruptive children are sent to the principal's office. Yeah,
1: I think, you know, in in a lot of cases, they mean, like... The, oh, man, the pharmaceutical company is not going to be happy about this. Right? Whatever. They're going to
0: get disrupted. By the way... Like, can you think of a legitimate disruptive thing that's happened in the past five years?
1: Well, again, it's a very limited way. For example, when the iPhone came out, it disrupted the entire cell phone industry.
0: Which I, I wouldn't call it disrupt, though. I would call it <laughs> revolutionized.
1: Well, it, it, for, for you, absolutely. The people that were trying to make money selling cell phones, they were like, oh, shit. <laughs> right so we're it revolutionized yeah but for them it wasn't a good thing right cuz they went out of business Nokia all these people right they were like oh this sucks <laughs> like microsoft is that what that means well that usually disruptive people,
0: means ig- eliminating the competition
1: what i'm saying is usually the people that use the word disruptive are the insiders or the people that stand to lose from the thing not the people that stand to gain
0: all I know is like this business speak drives me nuts. Sure. It's like you don't have to invent another word to make something well, seem special.
1: For example, do you remember
0: it? The movie? The Segway. The Segway? The little
1: vehicle where you stand on it, it's got two wheels and you yeah. move. Right, uh, the, the inventor, uh, what's his name? Kaner? K- K- something. Uh, when, when it, it was coming out, there was all these rumors because he had done this present, secret presentation in Silicon Valley to all these investors. And the rumors coming out is like, this is going to change the way they design cities. Talk about disruption. This is going to disrupt cities. And it was all this hype, all this hype. And then when it was finally revealed,
0: a lot of us common folk were like, oh, that's kind of neat. <laughs> you know? Right. That's my point. It's like, one, <laughs> Use a different word. And two, when you're using the word, you're usually completely bullshitting. You know what I mean? Totally. It's it's like every, especially in tech, the tech world, arguably there are 500 new things that happen every year that are pretty pretty (laughs) new. You know, it's a new way to encrypt video, a new way to send uh, data packets yep. in a more efficient way, a better way to configure your microchips. So, and and I guarantee you, the engineers are not framing it as disruptive. They're sure. saying it's another way to do something. It's a better way to do it's something. A better way, yeah. <laughs> that fucking marketers will say it's disruptive, it's disruptive because it's a new thing to say. It's well. Uh, the other thing, by the way,
1: that that smelled smelled a little funny is that when this guy that I was talking about was coming out with this segways. Uh, that wasn't out of the thin air. He he was an inventor already, had invented many things, had many patents to his name, all these things. Like if Elon Musk came out right now and did a press announcement that he's got an all electric bicycle that's going to revolutionize you know, how bicycles work, we may be a little skeptical, but we wouldn't be like, who? Elon, what? Where is this guy? Electric bicycle? We'd be like, okay, that makes sense. He's invented this, that, the other. This was a gal who wasn't writing software. This is what I was saying about software. Software, the software evolution has been exponential in the last 50 years. She wasn't writing software. She was promising all these advances in chemistry, in in machinery for analysis of blood. Like,
0: Did did she invent all this machinery? How did she have all this knowledge? Right. So when we look more closely, as very few people in the public were, the whole thing seems absurd, particularly 2020 looking back. So going into more details, By the time the company gets to 2013, they have almost a billion dollars from investors, Uh, almost, and from and from Uh. from big names like Henry Kissinger and other people. And it's valued at ten billion. So the company is, even though it hasn't made a cent yet, (laughs) you know, it's like it's like, well, this is gonna make a lot. 2014, she becomes massively famous due to the notoriety of of the company and the hype and all that kind of stuff. She's on the cover of Fortune and Forbes, etc. Forbes recognized her as the world's youngest self made female billionaire. Right. She is estimated to have a net worth of four and a half billion dollars at that point. Yeah. That's crazy. Before she even released the the product. Why was it? Th- Why? I don't get that. Cut stock.
1: But it, had it gone public? Yeah. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. They, they, okay,
0: it had gone public way before. I forgot about that. Right. Uh, but all this time, there was tons of fraudulent behavior. Four billion. Four and a half billion. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, Forbes had her on the cover and right. she was the youngest, the world's youngest self-made f- female billionaire. Uh, <sighs> lots of fraud, though. They told they lots of lies. They said that it was being used by the military as a way of trying to market it when it wasn't being used by the military at all. They told Walgreens and other places, because they were going to put these machines yeah. and other kinds of technologies in their facilities, they told them all that it was working when it wasn't. They said that the, the machine actually did all the work when, in fact, they just took the blood and sent it to all the same places anyone else would send it. <laughs> um, but the main, the main fraud was that they were making claims particularly Elizabeth Holmes, that the product worked when everyone in the business knew it did not work, particularly the scientists. And the scientists would speak out and say, this doesn't work. And they would promptly get bullied or fired or sued for revealing secrets, you know, that kind of thing. In 2014, she claimed the company had an annual revenue of $100 million. (laughs) What do you think the revenue actually was? Oh my god, this sounds like Enron. Uh
1: 100 million. Uh uh
0: 10 million. 100,000.
1: No way. So,
0: 0.1%.
1: Oh my god. So
0: she took the revenue and times it by and times it by 1,000. That's crazy. That's like a, a McDonald's worker claiming that they get paid, you know, $15,000 an hour.
1: <laughs> so basically I was I was comparing it to Enron. This makes Enron looks like like they're the most honest bunch <laughs> in right. the well,
0: room. To me, I'm surprised they even had revenue at all because they had nothing to sell. Sure. So 2018 uh, comes That's a along. Good point. <laughs> and they get charged with fraud by the SEC which looks at this sort of securities fraud. Sure. Way. She they Uh, Found her to be in violation. She had to hand over her shares, which were pretty much worthless by the time it was known that fraud was happening. She had to relinquish control of her company. She paid a a fine of just half a million dollars, which I find to be hilarious. That
1: is crazy. Had she sold shares and made a shit ton of money already?
0: I don't think so. Okay. Um, She is barred from being an officer or director of any public company for 10 years and she might go to prison for 20 years, although some analysts are doubting that she'll go to prison because white-collar crimes are hard. Because she they have to demonstrate that she knowingly lied. And it's possible that, okay. given all the different factors, you could say, like, well, I thought it was going to work, you know. But
1: and, how would she not know that she wasn't making $100 million?
0: Right. <laughs> so, Or she could say, well, that's what I thought at the time. Jesus. 2019— uh, uh, today she's back trying to get investors for another startup. Did you know? No that? way! Yeah, she's hanging around San Francisco, uh, you know, Silicon Valley, uh, starting a no- another startup. The incredible guts on this crazy person. Well, so all of this is completely—we've heard this story before on this right. podcast, right? With whatever that kid's name from the fire festival. Yeah, right. Um, Adam McKay is making a movie about her. Called, wow. B- called Bad Blood, starring Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> as Elizabeth Holmes.
1: That's a good choice. Oh, have you, were you going to talk about her voice? Uh,
0: sure, T- talk about it.
1: Well, it's funny because I never actually thought about it. You know, I had always heard, she has a low speaking voice. Uh, but in some of the YouTube videos I watched, they had clips from her on some interview where they claimed that she momentarily forgot to do her low voice. And so her voice was much higher. And it does sound that way but I don't know what the truth is. Her voice does sound sort of like if you're Pareto-graphing this thing, like it it seems out of the distribution averages for, for a woman, you know, it's well, a, like on the lower side.
0: Right, it sounds affected. It yeah. sounds like when a woman, it sounds like if, I, if a man, for yeah. myself, is speaking outside of their range. Right. So if I was to talk like this all the time, right. you would be like, right. that's not a natural voice, right? right? You'd be like, at the same time, what I want to—I don't want to really make fun of her voice too much because I don't really care that she changed her voice. And I she d- might
1: have been trying to fit in in the man's world.
0: That and maybe her voice really is that way. I mean, some people have different sounding voices. That's I, true. I don't really—I don't really care to like point that out. What I, I will, what really I will point this. out is that from an early point, she completely wanted to emulate Steve Jobs. She started uh, orig- in the in the. Podcast, they talk about because they interview like childhood friends and mm-hmm. you know all this kind of thing, and they will say, yeah, she used to dress kind of frumpy. She was she she wasn't really into fashion, and then one day she just decided she wanted to be like Steve Jobs, and so she, then from that point forward, she wore black turtlenecks <laughs> and you know yeah. that sort of look, and uh, which is just interesting. And it, if you haven't seen a picture of her, Google her. She has a very striking face. I mean, she's not like a model, but she's right. close, you know. And it, 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 she just has that Britney Spears but smart look to herself, sure. You know? And so, uh, before, so I want to go into whether or not she's a psychopath is the point because the whole episode's yeah. about you know her psychology. And but before we do that, I just want to highlight that because uh, I don't think I went in enough detail is that for many years. According to reports, she was lying. She was bullying. Yep. She was evading. She was. Um, claim- she was putting machines out there that didn't work, which put people's lives in danger. Yeah. She was um, manipulating people to invest. You know, it was similar to the fire festival in that cool. all this effort was going into producing this product that she absolutely knew wasn't going to work and to the very last minute she was claiming that it was all fine. In the same way that the fire festival right. guy was pushing 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 even though lots of people were saying, dude, this isn't going to work, you know. Right. If anyone saw the campground that the fire festival was going to be on, it was him. Right. And he would look at it and go like, this isn't going this is not what we sold right. to these people. So it's, it's, so let's, let's get into whether or not she's a psychopath, but let's go to the break first. What do you say, Berto? Let's do it. All right, we're back from the break. If Elizabeth Holmes, in her voice, were going to convince people to become a patron of their podcast, what would she say? I want to ask you all a favor. Um, we are doing this to
1: change the world one patron at a time. All you have to do is donate one little bit of your blood and send it to me, Berto, and I will analyze it for you. I will tell you how much evolutionary psychology plays a role in your day-to-day life, and that's why you need to donate as a patron.
0: By the way, did you send a picture to the person we chose on the podcast? I drew, I drew it, but I have to color it. So you haven't sent it yet. I have a picture of it. Do you want to see it? Because Jana from Texas emailed us and said um, – uh, I heard my name on the podcast. I didn't get a drawing. So it's that was like a month ago, by the way, Berto. Um Looks great. Uh, let's pick someone else. All right. Let's but, pick one of our two top uh, patrons. One, well, let's pick some, one of our big patrons here who is um, in our $20 range. Okay. So give me a letter of the alphabet, Birdo. N. N. I'm going to get the first. Noah... Noah from Los Angeles, you are going to get a picture drawn by Umberto. I better speed up my process, though. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I what I need you to do is do it right after we record, okay? Because okay, you can't okay. wait months to. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. And don't don't spend that much time on it. These. These patrons are lovely people, but, you know, you don't want to break your back <laughs> well, trying to just, draw a damn I don't patron. draw on
1: a regular basis. On-
0: <laughs> Noah has been our, our patron since uh, December of 2016. So, oh, my gosh. Uh, over two years. Okay. okay. So let's get back to Elizabeth Holmes. Um, and thank you, Elizabeth Holmes, for, uh, you know, telling everyone to become a patron, by the way. Um, so is Elizabeth Holmes a psychopath? Well, we're going to look at – so. The term psychopath is uh, defined in lots of different ways. Some people like consider it to be the same as antisocial. Right. Some people don't. Some people think of it in the old terms of the personality disorder. Some people think about it in the hair conceptualization. We're going to use the hair conceptualization. That's the dominant definition. The 20 items on the hair checklist. Isn't it generally a super genius who eats human flesh? Yep. Uh, so... She's not a psychopath, so <laughs> we can move on. Um, so we'll just go through the list. And, of course, I can't diagnose her as a clinician because I've never assessed her. Everything we're about to say is from a podcast. You know, I haven't talked to her. It could All of this could be lies or at least, right. you know, wildly off the mark. This is just for educational purposes of psychological concepts and, and how to learn about totally. them.
1: Oh, um, uh, sorry, sorry. I just realized she is potentially a super genius, and maybe she was using all the little pinpricks of blood as her way to be a cannibal without actually consuming
0: flesh. Maybe that's why her voice is so low. That could be. Yeah. So, number one, pathological lying. Berto, what do you think? Yeah. I mean, yes, definitely. You're right. 10 out of 10. Well, so, uh, the evidence is that, I'm guessing you're pointing at, is that she lied about her products over and over and over again. Yes, and how much money the business was right. making, and also,
1: well, I guess one thing that I don't
0: know if there's evidence
1: for is whether she also did the kind of like unnecessary lying, <laughs> right?
0: And there is okay. So when you listen to the podcast, they talk about incidents okay where she would do that, like one time her employee was emailing her a higher up employee, okay. and she emailed back, and she and she's like, oh, "I'm not in the office today. I'll you know I'll talk to you tomorrow." And through a window, he can see her. (laughs) In the office. In the office. (laughs) And he goes to her and he's like, "Um, (laughs) you just lied to me. Like, you can't. And this was not the first lie. Right. This was just maybe the first really obvious lie that he could just walk down the hall and confront her on. And he's like, why are you lying all the time? Like, you can't run a business. Like, that's so important. You can't run a startup and, like, get people to trust you if you're just going to lie so weirdly. (laughs) And she, like... Really did not like that and, you know, followed him back to his office and, like, was very intimidating and trying to oh, put, him wow. in, put him in his place. So, right. So, it's not just, you know, because lying about, as you say, vaporware and all that kind of stuff is, to some extent, encouraged in the business yeah. industry. But she lied about lots of things. Um, so, and then, you know, her voice could also be considered kind of like a deception. Sure. Uh, number two, glib and superficial charm. Brenna, what do you think? I don't know. I mean, she seemed
1: uh, she seemed charming in her presentations, or charming is not even the right word. Convincing in her presentations, authorita- authoritative in her presentations, but I don't
0: know if she was glib and superficial. Right. So that's not evidence of superficial. Yeah. All presenters are "quote unquote" superficial. Sure. They've They've practiced it a hundred times. Yeah. They're not being genuine in the moment, right. you know. But in the Podcast, they talk about how she was charming. And she, if she didn't have a need for you, she wasn't charming. Uh, but if she had a need for you, she was extremely charming. Lots yeah. of eye contact, <laughs> lots of like right. attentive listening and that kind of thing. Wow. And so, seemingly reportedly. Number three, grandiose sense of self. Berto, what do you think?
1: Yeah. I mean, to think. To think, you know, like I'm going to sit here, I'm going to draw a patent for something that's going to revolutionize the entire world because it's going to save everyone's lives. I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to convince everyone that I have figured out how to do it. Then when I still haven't, I'm going to still basically tell everyone that I have and that it works and it's all because of me so I can do my TED Talks and all these things. Yes, I believe. Probably yes.
0: (laughs) Right. If she were saying my company is going to develop AI, for example, it that would be a less of a grandiose claim because right. it's possible that some definition of AI is around yeah. the corner or is already here or yeah. something. But it was such a concrete claim. Yeah, yeah. Even at the low end, they were saying 30 different tests that a standalone device without any connection to the internet or any need from outside help, this tiny little box... Could give thirty different accurate blood tests from a drop of blood, and is just a and is and is and is present now is like ready to go now. Uh, but by, by the is way, is yeah. grand and, and, or even just as she was thinking she was before she even had the product. Right, the idea that she's going to just because of her own willpower is a grandiose claim. Right. And I I don't know if they covered it in the podcast, but how
1: did the ball even start rolling downhill in the first place? Because I get it when there's a hype and now there's a snowball and things like that. But like the first investor, she goes and says, hey, I believe I can solve 10 different
0: hard problems all at once. How did that even get started? Well... It's hard to know exactly because there's a long story with lots of different players. Yeah. But w- the, one of the main plot points is she goes to this old guy. I think his name's Graham. And I think he used to be a secretary of state or some He was some uh-huh. important guy. And he, I think he might have even been a friend of the family. I think she grew up in a wealthy neighborhood. Okay. And so she was connected in that way. And so somehow she goes to this this influential guy who has money and knows a lot of influ- influential people and if it's one thing, if you've seen interviews with Elizabeth Holmes, even when she's being um, uh, cross-examined, right. she comes across as an intense person. Right. Yeah. Extreme eye contact. Right. Precise language. Yeah. Convincing rhetoric. Right. So at nineteen, I think she goes to him, twenty or something, and is. You know the way she talks, and she had, like you said, she had (laughs) she had done some enough reading to speak with some authority. She's talking to someone who knows nothing about the technology. The person and everyone else that was on the board subsequently after that knew nothing, nothing, (laughs) which is another red flag. That so then eventually what caused the House of Cards to fall was because of the massive notoriety that she got from Forbes and Fortune and all this all the media talk right cuz there's lots of other businesses like this by the way hers is just theranos is just be, became a target because they had so much press that uh, medical people started looking into it going <laughs> like well wait a second like where's the research you know, yeah. you're, you're, you're claiming it's already being used by the military. It's in, it's in Walgreens stores. Show me the, the papers, the, papers, the,
1: the last decade of papers right. that would have had to
0: lead to half of this product. <laughs> right. So then, and then other people, and then the press started going, cause, cause the only people who would know to the right questions to ask would yeah. be medical researchers. Right. And they were kind of silent up until a certain point. And then, the, and then the press gets involved, and then the, then the SEC got involved. But for a long time... Wow. And she she made sure that she kept all the different players separated. So she made sure that the scientists who were actually working on the product didn't talk to anyone else. She was like R. Kelly in this way. And it's like everyone was <laughs> made... Siloed. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> the R. Kelly documentary, they talk about how the dancers couldn't talk to the singers who couldn't talk to the musicians who couldn't talk Weird. to... Like, because... He just knew, you know, and and Elizabeth Holmes knew that if the marketers and the investors talk to the scientists, this whole thing's going to fall apart. If they
1: compare notes, it's over.
0: Not only compare notes about her and the way she treats everybody, but also just like the the facts of the product. And so all these people, you know, you had like uh, the famous, the Waltons and like all these Republican, there's a lot of Republicans actually investing. All these people knew nothing about the medical industry, and if they had one medical person in there, they would have been like, so, by the way, has anyone actually seen the research right. that is, that's that's peer-reviewed, that yeah. is not biased, <laughs> that's not an in-house uh, right. researcher? Because until we see 10 years of that, we can't actually – the FDA's is not going to ex- even begin right. to look at this until we have like – at least 3 years of trials by outside sources and blah so blah I I didn't have that perspective when I first heard about this it, for some
1: reason that didn't dawn on me because now that you say it that's so obvious where's the research right but you would
0: have thought hearing the news stories that that had oh, been that had been done
1: that probably is true although even even then i guess my mind wasn't even going there like oh I, I suppose there must be research you know what what did occur to me though and this is i think why i just was like oh this sounds weird Is that uh, when I watch a sci-fi movie, especially in the last decade, the thing that always bugs me lately is that the cities are so advanced. And I look around and I'm like, damn, this city is like designed a hundred years ago. And mostly it's going to stay that way. Right.
0: If (laughs) If you took a picture of Seattle and sent it back in time to 1963 and said... What year do you think this is? Right, they'd be like nineteen sixty-five. Right, surely not nineteen seventy, because <laughs> by the time nineteen seventy, we're we're gonna be like in flying cars, right. you know. We're 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 almost on the moon, like if, you know. Surely, like not twenty nineteen, like twenty nineteen, we're gonna be like energy beings, yeah. and, and floating into <laughs> to Jupiter and shit. Right. Like we're we're not gonna have potholes and curbs and cigarette butts and cars with wheels and, you know, right. surely that's not going to be. So,
1: so that same line of thinking is what, what I've come over, like, like I said, like over the last decade or so, I've come to this conclusion that uh, software is the thing that right now in our history is evolving very fast because software uh, sort of is new anyways. And so because of that, it started from zero and it's just been accelerating. Uh, but you don't have to agree worldwide On everything at once certainly the internet there had to be a lot of agreement by the the right parties and things like that but with something like cities there's so many people involved so many regulations so many pre-existing houses so many things right and then the health industry is not quite as complex but it's similar there's tons of players tons of people involved tons of regulations tons of government stuff and all these things right coupled with the fact that you know i'm look I remember when I would go to the doctor twenty years ago, and now, and I'm like, things are sort of the same. Give or take a few things, so that's why I was like this doesn't seem like how could you have evolved so quickly in this in this field?
0: Yeah, I mean having said that, we've made tremendous invisible advances, say, in cancer research and other kinds of things, but but they're right. not they're not visible well, but
1: even take that like the DNA was sequenced in the 90s right yeah. and, and actually and that was an example of how software accelerated way beyond anyone's expectations right because it started it started the prediction was it was going to take like 30 years then it was like oh we might be done in 20 years and then they were done like in a decade or something right yeah. great and then a lot of things were like well now we're going to be able to sequence the genes cure all these diseases like well that that part takes a long time too right, right. and and what you're saying about cancer you know i, I remember 15 years ago, seeing some news article about like, finally, they found some virus that can kill cancer cells. I'm like, oh great, cancer,
0: five years, we might have a cancer. No, it's like, these things take forever. (laughs) Well, and there have been incremental medical advances by very hardworking people with a lot of outside, you know, replication and research before they actually use it on humans and try it on humans that... Each individual type of cancer has had, uh, you know, slowly but surely, lower rates of death, yeah. uh, faster recovery, more precise treatments. Right. And uh, to your point, with tons of papers yeah. and research, like, <laughs> like just most people know that with HIV, it's not a death sentence anymore. Yeah, but it absolutely was until like I don't know the year two thousand ish that around that time, and that's because and there was no there was no inventor like like elizabeth holmes yeah. who came out and like cured hiv it's been thousands upon thousands of right. researchers all over the world making tiny little advances and tweaks to the medications and the you yeah. know blah, blah blah that eventually now for the vast majority of people with hiv they can live yeah. you know they don't they don't die anyway so getting back to the the hair psychopath uh, uh, measure grandiose sense of self so we can look at the things on the surface, but again, in the podcast, they talk about how at an early age when she was just a priest or like a seven-year-old kid, she talked about how she was going to invent something great. Like that's okay. all she talked about. So for, so something about her family made it so that she felt that she needed to have a grandiose self in order to have some self-esteem. Right. She thought she was going to be the next Steve Jobs when she was 19 years old, even though she had no product. You know, Steve Jobs had a product. Yeah. Bef- before Steve Jobs was Steve Jobs, he was just a loser in a in a garage. <laughs> but he actually like was doing some interesting things. Yeah. You know, with like breaking into g- get free long distance and yeah. and actually like working with Wozniak and making boards and stuff. Yep. I mean, there there was a thing that he was making, and I'm sure he had dreams, but he wasn't like the Steve Jobs that he eventually became. You know. So from a very early age, it, what, again, hard to tell, but you, have, you were just looking at it uh, you know, through very li- limited data. But it seemed like f- she had a consistent personality trait of a grandiose sense of self. She didn't have friends, which is another kind of indicator of narcissism and, and psychopathy, in that uh, in high school she couldn't really relate to other people. She might not have actually wanted to have friendships. Narcissistic people tend to be very independent, they, they feel superior, but they also really are afraid of relationships because relationships have hurt them oh, in the past. Cool. Um, and so uh, people have a grandiose sense of self because it's a defense against a lack of self. Oh, and it's a, it's a defense against n- not only low self-esteem but almost no self-esteem. Wow. It, you know the fantasy distracts them and gives them some sense of self-worth. Number four: need for stimulation. What do you think, Berto?
1: Oh interesting um hmm maybe in the sense that man, any normal quote unquote normal person under that amount of stress where you you know billions of dollars are riding on this vapor machine with people asking you on a daily basis it's late, the Walgreens thing is late when are you gonna is this really working and all these things that that is that same kind of adrenaline fueled craziness that we talked about in the firefights. like normal people couldn't keep calm under those circumstances. Was she getting an enjoyment from that rush? I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's a good hypothesis. I, I, I don't, I'm not convinced. Yeah. I just don't think we have any evidence. It actually seems like we would have seen a signal there. Typical need for stimulation is like skydiving and drinking and drugging and, um, you know, driving fast and this kind of thing. There, no reports of that. Number five, cunning and manip- manipulative. What do you think, Brito? Certainly.
1: I mean, she was able to manipulate that older guy that was uh, financing her, and he, she was able to manipulate board, the board and countless reporters and investors and researchers. And yeah, you know.
0: yeah. This is one of the themes of the podcast. She knew how to intimidate people. She knew who to influence. She knew what to say. And I mean, this wasn't just a couple years. This was like 15, 16, 17 years. Oh, wow. It was 16 years. <laughs> I mean, founded in 2003. Wow. Uh, and got taken down in 2019. Wow. End of 2018. So all that time, and with scientists that knew something was wrong. Yeah. So, and no product to actually show anyone. She had people saying in public, I've used the the machine, even though they hadn't because, (laughs) because she had convinced them either through trickery or with enough smoke and mirrors that they could safely say they've used the machine because they know that the machine is working. Right. And uh, it's just uh, extremely, that's one of the themes of the podcast is learning about how someone does the long con with so many people. I mean, hundreds of people worked for her, (laughs) you know? Um, And, it ended up being thousands because she fired people so quick, you know. Which wow. is another method of her manipulation. She used lawyers to manipulate people, huh. um, and she was, you know, pretty charming. Obviously, because people really liked her. Six, callous and lack of empathy. What do you think?
1: Yeah, uh, not thinking about. I mean, you just mentioned she fired hundreds of people just to keep the the thing going. She obviously. If her intentions were noble to begin with, which reportedly they were because she saw how how horrible it was in this – I forget where it was that she had traveled to, but she was like, wow, the conditions are so terrible and these people could really use help and they don't know. Well, who so, knows? That's her narrative. It you could know. be, right? But that that's a fair point. But at no matter what, she knew this device was supposed to be in the hands of people that actually needed it yeah.
0: to work. Yeah, that's that's the key is that – it, and it was being used, or her technology was being used, and there were reports going back to her, uh-huh. of people saying, this isn't reliable. Yeah. Like, there are te- we are sending results back to people that say they have, like, pre-cancer right. when they don't, right? or they have diabetes when they don't, or saying they don't have diabetes when they do. And children are using this thing. And, <laughs> and there was no slowing down. Like, at no point was she like, oh... Okay, let's let's scale back. Let's I don't want to hurt anybody. Right. I mean, again, if she were talking about a an AI that was fun to use in a video game or yeah. something, then that's one thing. But she's using medical equipment yeah. for people's lives. Totally. Number seven: lack of remorse or guilt.
1: Um. Well, from the interviews I've seen, I haven't seen anything recent. Um. But the interviews I've seen where she's getting grilled about, like. The cat is out of the bag, she's getting grilled about it. uh she doesn't seem that way, you know yeah,
0: there's no evidence of remorse or guilt.
1: It's um, more like, hey, I really thought this was gonna work or whatever you know, <laughs>
0: which she couldn't have yeah, I mean she could have thought in twenty years, yeah, but there was but there's no indication that she was going to figure it out right and she yeah, so there's two main things. one is it's like after being caught she didn't she didn't apologize in any kind of meaningful way but even if she did you I wouldn't believe it given her track record the main thing is remorse is something you feel as something is happening too right you know if you shoot someone and you don't feel remorse afterwards that's one thing but that's that's a very quick event that's happening her uh, transgression happened over longer than 10 years yep you could at least say there were a good five years there where every day, and all she did was this business. Like She didn't do really anything else. She 24-7, this is all she did. She didn't really have a life outside yeah. of this business. She knew she was harming humans, firing people, harming right. actual patients, uh, lying to all these people, lying to the investors. She knew every single day she was doing that, and never did she change course. Yep. Never. Yep. That's lack of remorse. That totally 8. failure to accept responsibility. Yeah, same. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. Number 9, shallow emotional response.
1: Right, because um it, you know when finally confronted maybe the reality of it all sets in and she goes, "I would just like to take this opportunity to tell the families that that were and could have been affected that I I just don't I can't express how sorry I am." You know,
0: like Right. <laughs> yeah kind of blank yeah yeah hard to know that one's more subtle and you really have to interact with someone and get like sure. more reports from people close to her reportedly people were saying that but that one's less easy to sort although, of although,
1: although the example you gave granted it's just one but where the guy is like why are you lying I just saw you in things and it's not I guess not even shallow because it's the opposite it's like berating the
0: guy and whatever right <laughs> number 10 parasitic lifestyle
1: well, I don't know about that because, like, like you said, she was working all the time, but parasitic in the terms of she she used all the investors' money and all the yeah stock money yeah. So or,
0: this one's hard to know because uh, I, I I wouldn't say that this one's endorsed because she um, was a business person and never right. really depended on anyone right. else monetarily. Uh, a parasitic lifestyle is like Dirty John. You remember that guy? Yeah. <laughs> that's a parasite. Like he he exhibited this classic para- this right. classic uh, psychopathic trait, right. where he was unemployed and would ingratiate himself on a woman, and then he would have her pay for him for everything. Yeah. You know, and a, a lifestyle of that, not just like oh I'm in between jobs, but like that's what he did. He just right. bounced from person to person, like exploiting them and 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 getting them to pay for things she didn 't really have that, but it's interesting to think if she hadn't had landed on an on an idea that actually appealed to a bunch of investors, if she would have had a parasitic lifestyle up until this point
1: she did didn't she um marry or wasn 't she with this guy that was quite a bit older than her yeah, and so maybe there was a little bit of that going on
0: maybe that one's kind of a weird one, which i don 't really necessarily feel is worth talking about too much because there's just not any data okay. she at the age of like 18, she met this guy who was almost 20 years older than her, a guy I think born in Pakistan, if I'm not mistaken, and then moved to India and then the United States, if I'm not mistaken. And they had a secret relationship, and, and then um, at, for, who knows why they kept it secret, probably because of the age difference, I'm guessing. But you know we've talked about before, it's like we don't want to shame age difference in relationships we don't know. Maybe she was exploited. Hard to know. And then eventually she hired him as like basically the chief operations officer, I yeah. think. And kept it, kept their relationship secret from the board and everyone else. And and then they broke up. And then I think they – anyway. So I don't know. Who knows? They're yeah. both kind of shady, uh, greedy-seeming people.
1: He was also apparently lying about his wealth and stuff like that. So right. who knows?
0: Right. Yeah, and he like drives a Lamborghini that has like a license plate that says something like um, "DOS Capital," <laughs> uh, which is a Capital yeah, referen- reference to um, Marx. Yep. Which is like, is it is he mocking Marxism or something? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Number eleven, poor behavioral controls. I don't know. Yeah, hard to know. There's some reports though, uh, but not a lot of em- uh, evidence. She lost her temper a lot, okay. so maybe. 12, irresponsibility.
1: Yeah, I mean, in the grand scale, right. uh, I mean, it sounds like she she did work all the time, but in the, in the big irresponsibility word, meaning, yes. <laughs>
0: yeah, the classic psychopath irresponsible quality is that they get fired from their job a lot. Right. They don't pay their bills. They um, don't show up to court mm-hmm. even when... It, it hurts them to do so. That's the classic irresponsibility with her harder to detect. Certainly doesn't come across as irresponsible. Um, But when you look at the big picture, it was very irresponsible, but she's not a classic case of it. Number 13, impulsivity.
1: Well, that's interesting. Um, I, I suppose the behavior of on the spot, making up lies and then also sort of, You know, kind of deciding on courses of action that are reckless might be impulsive, but that's about all I would say.
0: Yeah, hard to say. There doesn't seem to be a ton of evidence of that. Um, This is why I think she's not a, a super classic psychopath. Yeah. Because, and again, all the data we have is just from the little bit that we know, but she didn't seem to exhibit that. If she were truly impulsive, given her lifestyle, I would have... We would have seen maybe more uh, sexual acting out, more alcohol and drug acting out, more sudden investments. Like the fire festival guy actually showed more of this. Yeah. Like the day of, yeah. he was just kind of impulsively reacting to the situation without right. any forethought. You know. Right. 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 Um, fourteen many short-term marital relationships. I don't think so. No, it doesn't seem like it. Fifteen, sexual promiscuity. We don't know. Uh, we didn't hear anything. And I would imagine we would have in the podcast anyway yeah. if there was any evidence of that. Doesn't seem to be any evidence for that, but who knows. Sixteen, early behavioral problems.
1: Early? Oh, yeah, you mentioned some of them when she was younger. Didn't you say when... No. Oh, no, no, you just said she had a grand sense of self. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, then, no, I don't know.
0: Right, so this is another data point that shows that she might actually not be a psychopath and that all the vast majority of psychopaths, 99% will have uh, er, childhood and adolescent behaviors that, you know, eventually progress. I see. You know, Jeffrey Dahmer would use, would abuse animals and then he would graduate to humans. This kind of thing. Oh, by the way, I did a whole episode on Jeffrey Dahmer and someone on YouTube said, they chastised me for not having you on that episode. Oh, maybe we need to do a follow-up. <laughs> um, so, but, it, you know, who knows? But they did talk to some of her friends growing up and they were like, no, oh, she was oh, oh. she was totally normal. Oh,
1: sorry. You did the dark tet- tetrad or whatever? Yeah. Right. I, I mean, I am sad I wasn't on it, but I want to hear it because it sounds fascinating.
0: Yeah, I thought it was. In, I mean, I I didn't do a super deep dive, deep dive, but yeah. I did a, a mini one, and I didn't realize how interesting that case was actually. Yeah, lack of realistic long term goals.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, what were her long term goals? I guess it was I'm going to make a, a billion dollars or more and change the world, and I don't have I don't have any way to do it, but I'm going to do it.
0: Right. So in some ways. No, she you know she did not have or this one's endorsed, yes, she did yes. not have lo- a very good long right. realistic long term goals, but in in a lot of ways she really did because to you know because a typical classic psychopath in her position would have like one day charmed the guy to fall in love with her idea, and then the next day she'd be on to another idea, yeah, and she would forget about that guy. I see. And then, you know, okay. like psychopaths tend to just be generally kind of scattered, you know? I see, right. And, and so uh, think about all the micro, quote unquote, long-term goals she had to have held in her head to build a company over 15 plus years. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got to, like, think, okay, we need this capital. I need to, you know, make sure I trick the public in this way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I need to develop my TED Talk. I need to talk to the lawyers. I need to, you know, there's a lot of things that she did that exhibited. But the key here is realistic long-term goals. Yeah, so, I don't uh, know. 18, juvenile delinquency.
1: Not that I know of.
0: Right. there's no evidence. We could be, you know, not given information because her and her family aren't talking to the press. Yeah. About such things. 19, revocation of conditional release. This is not applicable because the hair the measure is for prisoners for the yeah. most part. And 20, criminal versatility.
1: I guess so because, I mean, she she was able to break a ton of laws seemingly without, without batting an eyelid.
0: I guess so. But again, the typical criminal versatility is they assault people. They rob people. They sell drugs. They break into cars. Oh, I see. They vandalize. They uh, use bad checks. They, you know, steal people's wallets and use, you know, criminal versatility, meaning they're just Blue generally, they're, they're, just, they're just generally <laughs> criminal, you know what I mean?
1: But it is interesting that we are so geared towards thinking of true crime is the, the poor people crime, right? Like, someone who orchestrates a fake energy crisis in California and causes massive grid disruptions, including putting people's lives at risk and some deaths, that's not true criminal behavior. (laughs) Well,
0: it is. I admire it. No, no, I
1: know, and I know you're not saying, I'm just saying, as a society, we default to thinking of, you know, Paul Manafort led a mostly blameless life until he did all these defrauding and all these things. It's like we think of, he wasn't out stealing with a gun or something he wasn't
0: right he's not a blue collar criminal yeah i mean people make the the 99%ers made this argument over and over again that if someone walked up to someone with a gun and said give me every you know dollar in your bank account right uh, and it happens to be 10,000 or a million dollars or something and say a group of people did that say a company then they'd all be in jail for 10, 20, 30 years. Criminal conspiracy, right. But when you, it's a bank like uh, Lehman Marcus right. or – Lehman Brothers, yeah. Lehman Brothers, sorry. Um, wait, is Lehman, Lehman Marcus – Lehman
1: Marcus is the clothing company.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, no. You don't understand the fraud that they the got Lehman into. Marcus. <laughs> you don't get it, man.
1: It's, it's they they charge ten x
0: on everything. <laughs> hey, the the lamestream media is not talking about it. Alex Jones has been reporting on it forever. Uh, okay, so my conclusion about the hair psychopath measure, based on the tiny little bit of information we can glean from the internet, so God knows if it's accurate, is I would I would put her at like the forty percent range if I'm okay. gonna. If I'm going to put like Manson and those kinds of people at the 100% range. Right. I, I would say that uh, she doesn't really fit the classic presentation. and uh, But she but a key is that she uh, emotionally abused people. Yeah. She manipulated people. She was very charming. You know, she wasn't generally social. Mm. It wasn't like she had a lot of friends. Yeah. And some of them just happened to be influential people. Right. She pretty much only was charming to people who she yeah. could use to get this thing done. Right. So that'll tell you something. The, and it's and the sort of that emotional uh, shallowness where you're just not, you're not really invested in other in, right. in other lives. You know, you're not really warm. You're, you're It's all being used. This uh, lifetime of a grandiose sense of self, this, um, this lack of remorse and, and this, taking this action. Cause at some point she could have said something like, okay, we have all these investors, things aren't really working out. Um, how about I figure out a way to sell this thing? Yeah. <laughs> and then I can say, well, I, I, I want to move on to something else. Yeah. And maybe I'll get out with like a million, you know, a billion dollars. Right. Or I'll get out with half a billion dollars. Yeah. But, you know this thing. It's, this is not going to end well. Yeah. It's either I do that, or I actually start having to like admit to people like we don't have a product ready. Yeah. And we're definitely going to have it in five years. Yeah. I guarantee. I mean, because that's what a lot of these companies will do. Yeah. They will say we have this new technology. We need people to invest. It's going to disrupt. Blah blah blah. You know. <laughs> uh, spurt spurt spurt. And you know they they <laughs> but but they always say. We don't have a product yet, but I guarantee you we have prototypes that are very promising. And in five to ten years—that's always the phrase—we will have a product ready to go. I guarantee you, it's. It is. We're on the cusp. We can't share that with you because we don't want to give away our trade secrets. But we have patents. We have proven proof of concept. We have user studies. We have (laughs) top-notch scientists working on it. We've (laughs) had outside review. They've all checked it out. But never do they say, uh, Walgreens, go ahead and buy these. Right. And the military is using them right now. Right. And go ahead and, you know, actually start, you know, diagnosing. Do you have a for, child
1: with some health? Oh, use it. Absolutely.
0: Right. They they don't right. do that.
1: <laughs> they don't go that far.
0: Yeah. They yeah. they do everything up, up to the to point up. of of actually uh, using it in in the wider world. She could have kept it there and then the stock price would have dropped right and then you know if she stuck with it then they might have to branch out into maybe like some other product because actually what they started going into at walgreens actually was it wasn't the device they just created these little like starbucks with you know when you have a starbucks inside a grocery store it was like that. So Theranos would have these little offices okay. where they would do regular blood draws, <laughs> but, it, but it looked nice. Right. You know what I mean? So you'd go into the Walgreens. They could have pivoted to that. Which might have actually been profitable. Right. Because it, even though you could absolutely just go to your clinic, there's right. just something kind of inviting. And about, they
1: keep working on the tech. Eventually, you upgrade the, the kiosks with a little bit
0: of more tech. And- right. And in... Ten to twenty years or five right. to ten years, maybe there's a device that can measure fifteen things right. and it costs, you know, a thousand dollars. You're just not worth four billion today. Right. <laughs> so there's plenty of business. So she could have done that, but that's not what she did. Yeah. She like stuck with the lie. Tripled down. She fired scientists. She bullied people. Yeah. She got rid of evidence. So she she you know, because the scientists were like, This machine has worked This many times accurately and this many times inaccurately. And she would tell the managers to get rid of the bad data and only report on the good data. Um, So that systematic thing can only be done by someone who has a characterological problem. I just don't think it's at the level of, say, a Charlie Manson.
1: Do you think it's – is she higher or lower than the fire dude?
0: (laughs) I would say she's lower because the fire dude. When you take the gestalt of the whole thing, plus his behavior after when he started spamming everybody, yeah, which is just like more wh- reckless. What's wrong? Yeah, that that's less the, planning. <laughs> that's the psychopath where it's like. Yeah what's wrong with you? Like, <laughs> yeah. you have you have something wrong with you. It's like, it, it's so obvious it's because it's, it's like there's no, you don't even benefit from this. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. what are you doing? Right. With Elizabeth Holmes, I mean, time will tell. Yeah, But there's not this, like, if she had this other fraud on the side that she yeah. was kind of working or... Uh, she was having sex with the, everyone on the board, or <laughs> or she uh, shot someone, or you know, like we if there, but she, she. It was pretty much just relegated to this one product, which is actually really quite common in the yeah. business industry. Okay, so Berto, let's end the po- episode. Why did this happen?
1: Ah, uh, well, there is greed. <laughs> people are people want money, man, and there's also. I think people just don't understand science generally, and there's a lot of people with money that don't understand science, so they're they're vulnerable. If someone tells them that they've got some scientific thing, uh, and they can speak nicely and charm them, they'll they're, they're liable to like hand over some some cash.
0: Absolutely. So I have seven factors that created this problem, and you just named my number four and my number six. Number four, well, you said greed, but I would say a society of greed yeah i mean you can say that certain people are greedy, but we live in a society no, i i didn't
1: mean just those people i just mean everyone's greedy yeah we yeah. but
0: our society is particularly fucking greedy yeah. and particularly on the west coast you know particularly yeah. you know our our dot com society it, it there's a there's a lot of greed and manhattan <laughs> absolutely so uh you know she pro- and so not only was she motivated by the greed right. but everyone that invested was motivated by the greed and i've seen this before you know like the whole uh venture capitalist culture is like um you don't you, there's fear of missing out which i think is another kind of right. uh factor but also there's this idea of like if you invest in the next best thing then you're going to be you're going to you know times your money times a thousand. And there are examples of this happening, like early Microsoft people or early Amazon people or whatever. Uh, But that doesn't uh, account for the, that's only like 0.0001% of the investments that people will make. Like there's all these other businesses like real networks and uh, Netscape and, you know, other kinds of things. And those are just the ones I can think of off the top of my head, you know? Yeah. Countless, like little game companies, and other and other medical <laughs> totally uh, things, and so, uh, but there's a society of like, okay, I have I have a I have an extra five million dollars burning a hole in my bank account. <laughs> Instead of actually doing something for good for it, I want to make this into fifty, 50. Bit or <laughs> or five hundred million, yeah. like because then I'll be really worth it. You know, then I'll be in that next level of richness. Right. You know, I'm at, I'm just at a regular level of richness. In fact, in a lot of ways, I'm with just $5 million in the bank. I'm really no different than just some Yahoo that yeah. like has some stock options. in Microsoft, yeah. who's, who's like 35 years old, like there's no, I, I want to be that next level right. because then I'll really be worth it. Yeah. Then I'll really be liked by right. society. You're. I'm buying this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, uh, no, you won't. You'll still be miserable. In fact, you probably be more miserable, uh, you you boob you know uh, and this you also brought up that uh, this lack of scientific knowledge right the public and the investors mm-hmm. and the media and people reading the media like you know vast majority of people couldn't detect that there was something fishy about the <laughs> story to begin with you know whereas the experts were just like um, that doesn't make any sense you know particularly so they, on the podcast they interviewed people hearing like this one guy actually is this Greek doctor who knew about this sort of thing, knew about lab mm-hmm. tests of, of blood, who was like, well, the thing that tipped me off was that Theranos kind of sounds like a Greek word, mm-hmm. and it kind of sounds like a combination of Thanos, which is death, and um, some other word, which means like some other negative thing. <laughs> He's okay. like, it looked like two Greek words that and the, and the, Someone who doesn't really know what they mean. And it's a medical company. Like, <laughs> why would you call it like bad death or, or black death? It's just, anyway, and so he's like, well, that, that's the first thing. And so I started looking into it and I was like, what are these people claiming? Anyway, so the other, um, <laughs> the other factors that I can think of is we have a problem of a – so not only with the culture of greed, but also a culture of capitalism. Uh, within, there's a problem in the culture of capitalism – so capitalism is fine, but we have to be reflective on the culture, and we also have to, as a society, uh, account for the cons to capitalism. There's a lot of pros to a capitalistic structure, but there's a lot of cons as well. One of the cons is that people in a capitalistic mechanism are absolutely incentivized to lie. Yeah. You, if your lies trick people to invest— your you can go from having zero dollars in your net worth to having four and a half billion, billion dollars. <laughs> through she did that by lying. Yeah. and she is not the only case of that. Right. She is not the only person who right now has millions upon millions of dollars in their worth. And 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 in actual, because <laughs> you know, because you can sell. Like one, per, if she sold like five percent of her stock, that that's like half a million, half a billion dollars right there. So it, it's it's real money. I,
1: I will say one thing though, not to get too nitpicky here, but uh, the system we have of general Wall Street system of investment isn't the traditional idea of capitalism, because the traditional idea of capitalism is that if you have a mar, a free market of supply and demand. The things that have more demand uh, if you supply them, you will make hefty amounts of money, right But because we have a stock market of speculation, what ends up happening is that the the supply and demand is for lies and and hearsay and and theories, not for actual products that get that get sold
0: It would be the same if there wasn't a stock market if they went directly to the public themselves, you know investors blah 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 and said. Please invest money in this.
1: You couldn't sell that many units for real.
0: You could if you were very good at selling something. I
1: mean, it's happened. It'd but be th- harder. But then you're talking about like an Amway or, or something like that, you know.
0: I'm just saying like, I get your point, but I don't know if it applies to this one well, as much because uh, a lot, you know, like almost a billion dollars was invested by people writing a check.
1: Yeah, directly
0: to, you know, like, and I guess they would have bought shares, but if they didn't have that, they would have just written a check to her, which is essentially what they knew they were doing.
1: Right. But this is what I was saying because a lot of critics of the stock market, they're not anti capitalists. They they say, in fact, the stock market hurts the free market system because what happens is you get into these hyped up companies that don't have products.
0: Right. And there are probably more egregious examples than this one because this one actually. Uh, was trying because some of these hyped up companies actually, yeah. it's just a press release or yeah. something. And right, they, right, right. they don't even have an office, you know, anyway. So I've observed this culture, you know, being in Seattle, uh, we have a lot of quote unquote VCs and I've actually worked with people who are VCs. I've worked with people who are brokers for v- VCs. Mm-hmm. There's this whole culture of lying in this mm. world, it's as you said, vaporware. Yeah, it's not just in software, it's in the business world in general. It's like there's just this expectation, like, well, in order to get ahead, you have to lie. Like, yeah. you say business is great when it's not, you say, you know, research shows that our product is effective, right? When it's not, you say, we have several prominent investors who are interested in our business model when you haven't had a single person interested. And what is interest anyway? You know, like someone can be interested without investing.
1: People do that all the time. You say, there's no evidence that these two airline crashes are related or that we should ground planes.
0: Yeah. Uh, And this is the capitalist system because especially in a legal world where you can't be consequenced for lying in that way. Or there's... An inability to police such kinds of laws, um, we and we get accustomed to this from the day we're looking at an advertisement for the first time when we're three years old. Yeah, a hungry, 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 hungry hippos commercial. You know, I don't know if this was the commercial when we were kids, but I could see this being said. This is the funnest game ever invented. You know, you'll never need to buy another game again for the rest of your life. You know, we become a we become accustomed. And I remember when I was a kid. I remember talking to my parents I'm like so these these commercials are saying this thing but that doesn't make any sense and I remember my parents like really having to sit me down and saying they're lying or they're they're exaggerating trying they're, they're, exagger- they're and I remember actually being kind of wigged out by that I was like well is that is it, <laughs> is it I'm being taught all the time that lying is wrong right and you're telling me that the TV is lying to me like and these people are doing it to Thousands of people. Millions. How are they getting away with this? And and I and I remember my parents just like, well, that's just the way it works. And I remember that being pretty heartbreaking because Yikes. I grew up in church too, where it wasn't just like something you just didn't do. No, it was you go like to hell. It was like a sin <laughs> yeah. to lie. It was God is watching. Right, right, right. And I, I remember being pretty upset about that. We don't have to have a society like that. We don't have to allow that kind of bullshit to happen. I don't know why
1: I'm sitting here defending capitalism, but I will point out that in you can
0: have a capitalist system without that. Yeah.
1: Yes, I, and that's fair because I was going to point out that in North Korea and in the Soviet Union and stuff like uh, the the greed and the lies were as or
0: worse. Right. Right. <laughs> right. You, you 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 don't have like this is a capitalist venture. This yeah. podcast. Yeah. We are trying to get money. We are pro- <laughs> we are providing a product which right. is this podcast. Um, for a lot of different. I mean, for, for the first seven years we did it at a loss. Right. So obviously we're willing to do it regardless, yeah.
1: but, but we don't make up stories of like where I work or things like that. Like it's,
0: it's all on the level people. So like, for example, I could lie all the time if I wanted to, right. like, I, it, and probably make more money right. it, Like and get more hype. Like I could claim certain things. Like for example, with um, the scholarship that we just gave out, yeah. I could have, I could have not given out that scholarship. Maybe there
1: was no scholarship, right? Right.
0: There's, you know, no one's audited me as far as I know. Right. I just awarded another scholarship. Uh, this one was for 100000 Right. So I, I wrote a check personally on my personal checking account yeah. for $2,000 for a scholarship, and right. I sent it in the mail to the recipient of the award. And I could have not done that. right? And I could have made up a name and said we gave – I didn't have to show a picture. You know, right. no one's checking. But I – that's not good business because if you lie about that, you lie about other things. Eventually now you're running from lies. Yeah. Um, What if you get caught? Right. Plus like my purpose in life is not to acquire as much money as possible. Right. It's to have a meaningful, helpful experience. One in which I'm trying to make a difference in the world. Right. And, (laughs) and, and lying, you would only do, to manipulate people, right?
1: Yeah, like, would you have done, would you have lied for seven years for no money?
0: <laughs> right. Like, why are we sitting here
1: lying to people? Like, right. what are we getting out of
0: this? <laughs> like, it, it's, it's a, it's when you live in a capitalist culture, that and a greed culture and a materialistic culture, then all your goals are to make as much money. Yeah. It's not to have a meaningful life. It's not to have a fulfilling life. It is only to make money. And when you have that imbalance of values, then that leads to lying, which leads to us getting accustomed to lying, which leads to Elizabeth fucking Holmes. Number two is tech culture, Uh, like of beta testing and of releasing software and then reacting to the bugs afterwards. Yeah. There's this whole culture in, the, in Silicon Valley where it's just like, well, you know, just put it out there, you know. Right. And in the medical world, you can't do that. It's the opposite. You have to test it. Yep. It, it has to be beta, gamma, delta tested until it is omega tested, yeah. and then you release it. You do not release <laughs> it with any bugs because it could but, kill people.
1: Oh, and by the way, I should point out that this thing about just, just release it, we'll figure out the bugs later. That's not how it started. No. Because you used to have to print cartridges and then later floppy disks and then later CDs. And that's expensive. (laughs) But now with
0: like hidden automatic updates and everything, it's like, well. Oh, we'll we'll just update it next week. It's fine. Yeah. We're watching everything they're doing on their computer anyway. So, number three is problems in the legal system, again, in a capitalistic governmental system, which gives liars too much freedom. There's a lack of consequences. The solution is we need more tax dollars t- to fund organizations to monitor these people because we actually have laws in the books, but there's not enough people to monitor everybody. Right. We also need the laws and regulations to protect the people. Remember that principle, actually protecting the public from from fraud. Like sounds crazy. People are harmed by this, but you know the housing crisis in 2008, Enron, yeah. and the countless other examples. Like. That's why the government exists. Right. It's not to uphold corporations. It's to it's, it's of the people, by the people. It's just it's ridiculous.
1: I had this ridiculous uh, debate uh, the other day about uh, someone I know was advocating for no minimum wage. Like, there shouldn't
0: be a minimum. Yeah, that's right? the libertarian point. Right. Of right.
1: And then I was saying, well, I mean, sure, but that's how it used to be. And the reason we have one is because we need to prevent abuse at the lower levels. And and they were like, well, what abuse? How is that abuse? It, like, this is not slavery. This is at-will employment. How is it abuse? They could leave at any time.
0: And I just sat there like, wow. Well, talk, talk about a privileged uh, position, right? That and, <laughs> and without knowledge of history, because that person grew up in a society where minimum wage was always there. Yeah. And so you have to study history and study right. how systems of economics work and and you know business structure and again, incentive um, and so i 'm going to talk off the top of my head and see if I can actually get to you know the original uh, reason why we need minimum minimum wage is in the past, you had capitalists who had all the money right and could uh, and and you have a a governmental system that actually wants that because in in order for you to have a, a railroad company. You need to have one organization that has enough economy of scale to actually, like, produce, uh, you know, 10,000 rail, uh, you know, things (laughs) and 1,000 different trains. You you can't have, you know, like in the old days, you could have, like, someone who repaired shoes and, and just a dude who works at home and he repairs shoes. But when it comes to, like, airplanes and trains and industry, you need, like, one organization that has a lot of money. So you have a government that actually supports that model. And then you, uh, if there's no regulation on no minimum wage, then, you know, like one person or one family in a entire county owns essentially all the property and all the money and all the means. And then they're like, okay, everyone who lives here, um, go ahead and get a job at, you know, we're opening up our doors to hiring and, you uh, a bunch of people show up and and they don't have a job because right. you are the industry in right. your area and you know they can't go work at a at a tiny train shop or a tiny steel mill there's a, no a, choice. a mom and yeah there's no choice you right. you have to work for the Sarger right. thing because the so government it's
1: not at will employment <laughs> right and so
0: the over time, the employers like hmm well I want to make more money so I need to drive down my costs right. and labor is expensive so, huh, what if I lowered the payment to? Well, let's just say three dollars an hour. What if I like required everyone to work sixty-five hours a week, or else they'll get fired. What if I don't let anyone have any health care? What if? It, oh, what if kids worked? Interesting. No one is quitting. That must mean that this is a fair system because you market. know they're not slaves. Right? They could they could not work for us if they right. didn't want to. But the choice is either work for them. And especially when you have, say, five companies yeah. and they all agree, yeah. like, let's just fuck the labor yeah. uh, because we make more money. Yeah. Guess what happens? Uh, the people get fucked in the end. And so that's why you need those things. Did it, you think I explained that well? Enough?
1: Yeah. And that was my point was like, look, if, if there was no greed in general, like greed wasn't a thing and therefore people didn't abuse the laws, then Sure you might not need it because basically a nice, healthy balance will be struck organically. We've looked at the evidence in the last 6,000 years and it doesn't work that way. (laughs) Uh,
0: Number five reason why uh, Elizabeth Holmes happened was because of privilege. Imagine if she wasn't white. Imagine if she didn't talk like an upper class person. Imagine if she didn't go to Stanford. Uh, You know, you see a tall, blonde, pretty, thin young woman And you just believe everything she says. That's privilege. Number seven is problems in the media. She was in the media for a long time. I mean, Forbes, blah, 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 all these people. No one bothered to check. No one bothered to say, well, she's saying this is going to work. She's saying it's in the military. Why don't we actually ask the military, have (laughs) you bought these devices? You know how easy that would have been, how easy of a question they could have asked? And no one did. Nobody did because of two reasons. One, it's 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 a fun story to sell. But another thing is it's sort of like this weird sexism thing because our society and particularly women wanted their Steve Jobs. Yeah. Right? You want your – it's similar to the R. Kelly story where it's just like if you're an African-American – and you don't know about the sexual abuse, you're just like, well, R. Kelly's this really great guy. He's right. talented. He's interesting. He's, He's filling. one of our heroes. He's one of our heroes. Right. I don't want to believe that he does bad things because he represents our community well. To women, they looked at Elizabeth Holmes, and they're just like, what a great thing that this woman is. It's the right. wave of the future, and she's breaking the glass ceiling, and four and a half billion dollars, and it's all her. She doesn't have a single man helping her. Like, what a great, and she's a wonderful speaker, and she's yeah. going to save the world. This is the new, you know. It doesn't get any better. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, that's the narrative that you need to believe. And, and there were reports. There were people coming forward, but it was all ignored for a number of reasons, and I think partially because we wanted to believe. Yeah, People were writing a story Not reporting on the story. Well, that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining us out there. Please take care of yourself because
1: you deserve it.